and uh, and so since then I have spent probably the um, bird section of my life studying um, speeches and looking at them from the point of view of how has he manipulated the verse and what does this actually what does it mean but in a very visceral sense of what it means not in an intellectual sense but in a um, working on the the level of the emotions and the passion um, rather than what it means in terms of uh, an intellectual understanding um, so yeah I think that just about covers my journey Wow, that is a that is a very very fascinating journey right there. Um, so I so I did want to so so I did want to ask you. So so, so when you're talking about um, about how Shakespeare manipulates language, um, how, how how does one approach that? Because from from an academic standpoint, we're when we're when we're looking at Shakespeare, we're just understanding it you know from a contextual standpoint. Like, right. Well. Well, obviously, he's writing this because at that time they were having to deal with rebellions and plots and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Is it is it something similar to that, or are you looking at it no. more from a linguistic standpoint? No, I'm looking at it straight from a performance point of view. Okay, is can can you can you dive a little bit uh, more into yeah, that? Yeah, let's let's take the most famous line in uh, Shakespeare, and possibly the most famous line in the whole of um, uh, English literature i hate calling dramatic art literature because i but that's but that's another podcast uh, <laughs> uh to be or not You're, to be that yeah to be or not to be that is the question okay now it's written uh within the format of iambic pentameter so you have to be or not to be that is the question well he could have written the question is the the question is to be or not to be right which is also iambic pentameter now if you take the line that he actually did write to be or not to be that is the question um you have the five beats you also have what is, uh, some people call it a feminine ending. I personally prefer to call it an open ending. Um, that little 11th beat, which falls on the end of the line. Mm -hmm. um, now, each of the five beats, and, I've, you know, and, and this is what I spend all the time, I'm not mm, chopping wood or um, looking after the dogs, doing. Um, uh, is is taking speeches which I've never seen, never read before, and and, and um, subjecting them to this uh, to this process. Um, if you take the four of the five beats, um, to be or not to be, that is the question. Now, each of the five beats in in a Shakespeare line. Particularly if it's on a, in iambic pentameter, in perfect perfect iambic pentameter, give or take an open ending. Each of the five beats has a function. The first is to introduce, the second is to 
either reinforce or contradict. The third is the middle beat of the line. So it's kind of the fulcrum point. It's the balance point of the line. Mm -hmm. the, the fourth is there to introduce the most important word in the line, which is the last word. Now, one of the first exercises that I do whenever I speak, take a speech which I've not seen before, um, or even ones I do know but um, I'm re-looking at, is to go down the speech and look at all the far last words of, uh, of the lines. And um, that gives you a very general idea of what the speech is about. Um, and, um, and then subject each line to this regularization of of the five beats to be or not to be that is the question now the first thing we get is that the first line ends with the word question so the word question is going to hang over the whole speech which is what the speech is about some people say it's about uh, it's, it's an existential um examining of of um one's um, mortality or, or whatever um, but actually it's not it's about question it's about question and and that that is that is in fact I mean if you take the rest of the play that is Hamlet's great tragedy is for he's forever questioning he and rather than rather than um, acting um, you know, acting in the sense of, of, of actually doing something uh, he, he forever questioning um, now if you take the alternative way that I, I, I put that the question is to be or not to be um, the la then you have the last word is be and so the word be will hang over the speech but that's not the way Shakespeare wrote it shakespeare wrote it with the word question being at the end and if you look at it the girl to be or not to be that is the question it's, it's in terms of syntax that's kind of not how we really speak in fact the question is to be or not to be is probably would probably be much more colloquial um but um and so um to be or not to be that is the question and so you have the word is falling on not only a strong beat but the fourth uh, but the fourth beat and as i said the fourth beat is there to introduce the fifth being the most important um so it's kind of, if you if you say it and you and you uh, emphasize not overly, but you emphasize that is, uh, to be or not to be, that is the question. And suddenly that speech, that line, takes on a whole different meaning from a performance point of view, I'm talking. Not from an intellectual um, study point of view. That is the question. And we do stress. Um, conjunctions and um, you know, um, um, uh, there's an example I use um, I'd like some coffee and a glass of milk which is perfect I, I am a big pentameter and it's uh, uh, it's very much the way we speak 
But if you subject it to my five rules, I'd like some coffee and a glass of milk. So you've got a conjunction and. The conjunction and has fallen on the third beat, being the middle of the line. Now, I'd like some coffee and a glass of milk is a very banal statement. I'd like some coffee and a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. If you stress the and, in as an actor, you have the sense that there is some sort of backstory going on here. Yeah. Last time when I asked you for some coffee, you didn't bring me the bloody milk. So, you know, don't forget it this time. Right. Um, uh, or, or whatever. I mean, you know, the, the fact of putting the and in the middle of the line and on a strong beat. You see, I stressed and there. Uh, um, are indications to the performer. And this is, I mean, I have a musicologist who is a friend who is uh, has feels the same about Mozart as I feel about Shakespeare. And she said she's she spent her entire life uh, studying Mozart, and she says I I never cease to marvel at the incredible musicology behind Mozart. Now. You know, as a six-year-old boy, was he a genius at you know, musicology? No, but he just felt it. He knew it. It was his. Um, it was his genius, and the same is true about Shakespeare. Um, I feel. Now, if you take that line to be or not to be, that uh, um, to be or not to be, that is the question. And we've got that 11th beat, um, that open ending. Now, if you look at the next line, whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer, it starts with a trochee. You could not say whether. It has to be whether. So you've got a, a line which is finished with an open ending. And so the next line starts with a trochee um and i've looked at now thousands of shakespeare's um lines which have open endings and probably about 90 percent 90 percent of the time when he has a line which has which finishes with an open ending uh, the following line starts with either a trochee or a spondy. And this helps to break up the titum, 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 titum. Because, uh, but it also gives a continuity because you've got to be or not to be, that is the question, whether it's nobler. So the, you have a, a weak strong, which is running over the end of the line. Even though right. there is, even though there is full stop after after question, that um, sense of kitam is actually running over the end of the line, and so it gives continuity, and hence the musicality. Um, 
you asked for one example. That's uh, that's one. Well, yeah, yeah. I remember because um, I remember in um, in college, um, I, I took a, a literature course, and we were we were studying the sonnets. We weren't studying the the plays, but I remember the professor pretty much em pretty much emphasizing um, very briefly what what you just explained there. But but he but he didn't but he didn't mention that that Shakespeare usually started off with you know. You know, he he would go in a pattern of stress, unstress, stress, and he would always end with a stressed vowel. Is that is like a valid way of, of looking at that, or? Well, our sonnets kind of different because they, although they were, most um, <clears throat> poetry even in that time was written to be read out loud, um, but it wasn't dramatic verse although there is a great deal of drama, both in the sonnets and in, and even more in Rape of Lucrece and um, Venus and Adonis. Um, they are, it is poetry. And the plays are not poetry, the plays are dramatic verse. And I think that a very, uh, one, one should always make the distinction between the two. Okay. Okay, so 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 when looking at poetry, you know, you're you're going to look at it from a different lens than say when you're looking at the plays, because yeah. the play because the plays are, I, I I guess I guess you could say the plays there's a, there's there's a more active, I guess an active context because they're they're being performed, whereas with poems they're poems the poems and sonnets they're they're going to be more passive because you're naturally reading them, even if you are yeah. reading them out loud. Yeah, yeah, I mean they were meant they. Poetry generally was written, was created to be read in a salon. Um, you know, uh, somebody would, the poet himself perhaps, would stand up in front of the ladies and uh, uh, mostly ladies um, and read read the sonnets. You know. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and read the poet poems. You know. But, yeah, because uh, it's always been more of a private, private affair as opposed to plays, which are yeah. which are more public yeah. and out in the open. Okay, but but there was, I mean, having said that, there was uh, um, the poems and the and the sonnets were printed very much earlier than the plays. In fact, there was a great reluctance to print the plays. Um, oh yes, you talked about the folio, which brings yes, me yeah, I was actually <laughs> going to bring that up.